Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. Right, guys, welcome to episode seven of the Real Talk with ECO podcast. Today, we're very, very fortunate enough to be joined by Bellator fighter and Sunderland native, Cal Pacino. Eleanor, Cal, how are you doing? You all right? Doing awesome, Phil, mate. Thanks for getting us on board. How are you? Mate, I'm good, I'm good. And I'm, I'm really excited to get to have a proper chat today. I know we uh, we met earlier in the week um, when he came into the office and had a look around, but this is a, a chance for us to kind of have a proper talk and maybe nerd out and, and just talk about you and, you know, just talk about sort of your story, really, because I think a lot of people who follow you will be aware that you're a fiercely, fiercely proud, and I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word, but you're a fiercely proud Macam. Uh, you're a yeah. fierce, fiercely proud Sunderland-born and bred guy. So I guess the, the, the first question before we get into the, the whole MMA in your career thing is... What is it about Sunderland that just gets you out of bed in the morning and makes you sort of proud to be from from that city? The, just the working class mentality, really, isn't it? I mean, everyone from here is kind of the same. We've all kind of had pretty much the same up, upbringing, and everyone's pretty much had now growing up. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think whether you're uh, whether you're north or south, you know, I think that anyone, everyone, sort of north of like York or Sheffield, you know, that, those type of areas can empathise with that kind of northern working class mentality like um yeah that's it exactly man i mean everyone's everyone's in the same boat really aren't they um, um yeah and that's it that's that's I, I mean i train i train in pretty much in sunderland all the time i mean i'm out running on the roads in sunderland all the time and i just i don't know i'm just proud to be from me you know what i mean i've i've spent my whole life here and i love the people i love the place and yeah that's what just motivates me you know i want to just um push as far as i can and try and be someone that and open some doors for younger kids coming up who's maybe in the same boat as I was growing up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of just create opportunities just by doing what I've been gifted in, in me, me skill sets in fighting, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously not, not really going to school and stuff like that and just, just using sports is what I had. And yeah. So that's kind of why I'm, why I'm motivated for the way I am. I mean, you, you mentioned the other day sort of um, a little bit about sort of school and then early days and, like, would you say that you kind of fell into that group for as far as like teachers and that were concerned, where they thought, oh, he's not going to amount to anything, he's a, he's a daydreamer, he's, he's a waster? Like, <laughs> would, 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 was I that... was the uh, epitome of that. Yeah. I was that kid. I was like, if I was if I wasn't kicked out of school, I was off doing whatever I was doing. You know, I hated yeah. being there, I couldn't deal with the, the restraints of being in there all the time. and and having to be told what to do and I I started boxing from a very young age and that's kind of where I kind of wanted to be you know when I was I just didn't really want to be there I wanted to be training or doing my own thing and yeah in school I, I struggled with it all you know I was uh I just I didn't offer to me attention span or what I mean like that's why I love training so much because when I'm in the gym 100% of the time I'm there or if yeah. I'm running I'm fully focused on what I'm doing and it's probably the only thing in the world that I can do that and be fully focused on that one thing whereas anything else I'm just as soon as I started my mind's drifted off to someone else I mean half the time when I'm in a conversation with someone me my mind's taking over and I'm thinking about some rats <laughs> <fighting> <laughs> I 
Uh, all I think about, and it's 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 what keeps me head right, like, and that's it's kind of why I love it so much. So do you think the, the sort of in school? Do you think the failure, the sort of like, I'd not say failure because it worked out for you in the end, but do you think the inability to focus on the academic stuff? Do you think that is sort of reinforced your decision to kind of go into to to box, well, boxing at the time, but obviously later on MMA? Do you think it was like because I think some people in school if they don't do well they're going to have to channel that energy into something, whether it's mm-hmm. going down the really wrong path or whether it's, you know, into, into, into physical sport or something like that. Do you think that sort of inability in school to to focus on the academic stuff just really rammed home how much you wanted to do boxing and to, to, to be a fighter? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, obviously, for me, I dealt with so much in my personal life the whole time growing up as a kid that I just kind of... Uh, training was like an escape, you know, and I, yeah. and, and as I see it, it just contra- like completely taking over my mind when I'm in the gym or when I'm sparring. It's like I'm not there. It's the same as a fight, you know, when, I, when I'm when i fighting. It's not like, it's not like I'm in a fight. It's like I'm just, it's like, it's like a daydream. It's weird, you know yeah. what I mean? I've had 40 odd fights now and every time it's the same. It's like I'm not, it's like I'm not there. It's like it's just a daydream and it's mint and it completely takes over your mind and, and that's why I love it. It's just really pure. It's like the same as when I'm training. That's all I think about and, um, obviously, when you're in school and stuff like that, it was just like that's just all I'm thinking about all day is me on personal, personal issues and personal yeah. stuff like that. So I kind of see, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I, I mean, I, I never had when I was leaving school and stuff like that when I was boxing and and eventually starting MMA, it was never in my mind that it was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for a career. It was just like this is what I'm going to do because yeah. I love it and and it's just something that was just me life. You know what I mean? So I didn't yeah. really ever think of it like that, and then. I don't know. I just kind of all fell into place, really, and just just kept kept just kept just being good, you know. Kept just yeah. being like a a decent person. I mean, there's yeah. definitely other routes I could have went down, like other people did. Who, you know, I mean, I know loads of lads who kind of went the other way, was kind of in the same boat as me in school, and and they are a cert- on a certain uh, path now, completely different to mine. And whereas, like, I always feel like boxing and then starting MMA kind of taught us like good morals and right and yeah. respect. You know what I mean? So I was kind of I was never like that kind of. I was never a dickhead. I was always just a daft lad, and I always just loved to mess about because I was just, I was just young and daft, really, and just yeah. never really, yeah, uh, never really to listen to the rules very much. Like I was, ah. just, I was a bit of a nightmare in that sense. Like so, uh, fighting <laughs> with some kind of worked for us. <laughs> yeah. So, at, at what point did it become clear that hang on a minute, like uh, this could be a career for me? Like, what at what age and what sort of stage did that happen? Uh, it's it was weird. I turned professional when I was twenty year old, and. I trained my whole life from being like pretty much twelve till I was till I was twenty. Really, I mean, I rarely had any gaps in between that off. And then, yeah, I kind of took a little bit of time away from after I had me pro my first pro fight. I took a little bit of time away, and I don't know. I was just dealing with a load of personal stuff and took time out. And then when I went back, I went back and I was tra- I just went back for fitness at first. I wasn't. I had no intentions actually fighting again when I went back. I just yeah. wanted to go back for fun. And I I love grappling. Like I love all aspects of MMA, but. For me, grappling's the thing that I I love most. You know, I wish I could do it every hour of the day, like yeah, forever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But and 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 that was it. You know, I went back and I was just training with lads. I was keeping myself fit, and I was training with lads who'd been training the whole time, who had had who had fights coming up. And I was like, well, I was doing all right, you know. And I was saying like, oh well, I've had nearly four years out, and and I'm doing do what I'm doing now after hardly doing anything. So if, if I can do this now, what would I be like if I was fully back active, you know? And yeah, yeah. I thought, you know what? I mean, I'm going to give it another go. And then that was kind of 
I had one fight and then I fought a really good guy the the fight after that first one back and I and I won and I my coach Ellis uh, Younger, my grappling coach, had actually competed against this guy twice. He's a he was a really right. good high level grappler and and I grappled against that guy um, and I and I won and so that was just another little confidence boost and I was like you know what like. I do believe in myself and, and and I'm beating people like this after I've had that kind of layoff. Like if I really dedicate myself, how far can I actually take it? And yeah. and that was when I was kind of the light bulb when I was like, and I was like, you know what I am, I am ready to give this a hundred percent. And then I fought for ACB after that, a big Russian show. And I won on that. And then I went out to South Africa and I was fighting out there and fighting some, some like got a really good guys, high level guys out there. And then, that's what I ended up getting assigned to Bellator, you know, and then yeah. and, and it just all fell from there. And then that is it. Like now it's just like, I mean, I just see like, I, I do see this in my career, you know, I'm completely different with my training now. I'm more sensible um, and I have really dedicated myself to it. And, and it's yeah. probably the best decision I made. I was leaving work and training full time. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny you should mention leaving work because I've just, I've that was the, that was the next point I was going to go on. It was, Obviously, in amongst all of this, in in the midst of the boxing and then turning pro and then having all these sort of these fights early on, you still actually held down a normal job. You, you said you said you worked in a supermarket Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You've worked at Nissan, and then you've also, which I found really interesting, you've actually worked for the Northeast Autism Society as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how, like, how did you manage to juggle all of that with? All of that, <laughs> like you know what I mean, like it's the training uh, and the and the working and the paying bills and like it sounds like a, a, a challenge and a half, like yeah. I mean, it was a it's been a nightmare to be honest. If I if I be truthfully honest, I mean, when I was um, it was when I fought, I was actually fighting for a world title in South Africa, and right. I was work I was working Friday night shift, so I was training all week, and then Friday would come. And then I'd train Friday, then I'd work the night shift, finish the night shift at like eight, nine o'clock Saturday morning, come home, I'd have like an hour or two sleep, literally, where I should be sleeping all day, I'd have like an hour or two sleep, then I'd be out all day, then I wouldn't sleep on the night, then I'd, tra- then I'd, um, I'd work again the Saturday night, finish about the same time the Sunday morning, then I'd do night shift again, and this was, I'd get maybe a couple hours max sleep, so the Saturday morning, a couple hours sleep. Sunday morning, a couple hours sleep. I'd do the night shift, the Sunday night, finish Monday morning, and I would drive straight from the night shift all the way from Newcastle, Tesco's in the in, in right next to the gate, all the way through to see him and wrestle on the morning. Oh, do like <laughs> um, I was there. I would wrestle and then I'd come home. I mean, didn't guess wrong. I mean, half the time I fell asleep on the on, on the road. You know what I mean? Every <laughs> time. Next to, I remember next to East Bolden, the roundabout there. I was off the road in the grass and everything. And the it was just mental and it got to the point where I was like you know what I'm going to end up killing me I kind of keep doing this it was running my body into the ground um, I had the fight fought there and then that was it I kind of left there and then I was I got some decent sponsors on board like some people who were willing to kind of help us a bit financially and that's yeah. what really really helped us because at the time I was like well I, I, I believe in my ability and I do believe yeah. that I can hang with the, the likes of the, the top guys in any, any organisation I I truly believe that I can, and and it was just for me. It was like, well, I need to be able to kind of dedicate myself full time to be able to get onto that level, you know. So yeah. that's why I was like, I'm just going to tr- try and do it and try and make ends meet. I mean, I was, I mean, I've been like beyond skint, you know what I mean? Trying yeah, to make yeah, it yeah. And, and I have had massive struggles. I mean, there's been times when obviously when we've been missed bills and everything like that, and 
being driving an absolute shit of a car and just looking like an absolute tramp, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's just like, it's just all part of it. Like, I just knew that it would pee off and, and it has, you know, and, and ever since then, it's been, I mean, even even when I've lost, I mean, I'm still in a really good position and it's just off the way I've kind of yeah. put my mind to it and just kind of worked harder to put myself on this pedestal really and just try and put myself on this level where I believe I'm at now and yeah. even in a loss there as I say and I lost a couple of weekends ago and back now and I'm still in a kind of high place in rankings wise and it's like a fight early 2021 and if I get a good name there and get a good win I'll be right back in the mix you know so I'll, I'll hopefully get the toughest toughest fight available and the biggest name available I mean as I say as I always say I, I, there's not a person who I'll say no to so hopefully I can get a a high level name and, and someone who's really high, highly regarded and, and get a good win then and put us right back in the mix for being yeah. in contention to win the to, to fight for the belt, you know. So we'll see what think, happens. I think that was one of the things when, I, when I'd watched a few videos and, and interviews that you'd already done online. You'd said something along the lines of, um, You always want to fight the big names, even when you weren't being offered them. You still mm-hmm. envisaged yourself fighting those big fighters. Do you think that sort of setting yourself those goals of always wanting to 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 pick yourself against the best people, best fighters? Do you think that kind of helps you constantly want to improve and stay grounded? Is you, is absolutely a hundred percent? I mean, I've always kind of believed I could get these kind of fights and win them, but it's obviously it's just it, you've got to get yourself kind of up there to get them and. Yeah. I just think, obviously, in the in the past, you know, when I've not had the kind of, when I've not been as known, and it's hard to get these fights because obviously the bigger names don't want to chance uh, a fight against someone who's kind of not as highly ranked as them because then it's nothing to gain from them. But I, I believe now that yeah. I've kindly, kind of finally got myself up there, the the bigger names will come, and it's just it. I do believe that. I, I totally. I think what you're saying is right. I mean, I just I put a lot of pressure on myself anyway, regardless of who I was fighting. I kind of always just I want to I want to be the best. So and I always say like you've got to beat the best to be the best. And so that's why yeah. I kind of always um, I always ask for the the toughest fights. You know, anytime I, I message Bellator or whatever, I'm I always see like oh, if they put a post on about somebody, I'm the, I'm always messaging saying look, I'll I'll fight that guy and or give us that fight if there's if there's no match there, I would fight that yeah. guy. Or in interviews, if anyone's ever said a name who. Who I believe is like a really bad matchup or a tough stylistic fight for me, I would still see it for sure. Like, I'll fight them because, as I said before, it's like, yeah, I see MMA as a journey and, and people worry. And there's a lot of people who take certain fights that work for them stylistically. I mean, like, yeah. uh, skill set wise, you know, certain people might not fight a certain style because it might not, like, it might kind of contradict their style or whatever, but I'm not bothered about any of that. I just want to test myself and, yeah. and and work out the puzzle. You know, every fight I see is a puzzle, and I just kind of want to see how far I can take it, even win or lose. I just want to, I want to fight the best people, so when it's all said and done, I can say I really, truly yeah. give it 100% and fully believed in myself all the way, even after I lost, like, I'm more hungry than ever now and I, even even though I lost there I still I've came out of that more confident than I went in because I know for a fact if I can get that fight back I, I, I truly believe I can win it so it's just yeah. it's just one of them things that is just motivating yourself and just believing in yourself really I think and again we, we, we spoke about this the other day um, that mindset whether you call it a you know, positive mental attitude whether you call it a winning mindset whatever it is maintaining that level of positivity and that drive can really help you get over whether it's a loss, whether it's a bad day, whether it's a bad sparring session or a grappling. Do you know what I mean? Like 
would, would you say that like you've had to spend time working on that or was that already there? Has that always been there? I think it's something that came from just um, hard work, you know, putting myself uh, in uncomfortable situations. I feel like the more uncomfortable situations you put yourself in, the more comfortable you get when them situations arise. And yeah. I feel like it's just obviously dealing with losses in me, in, in my career and in my life. That's kind of just, I mean, it either makes you or breaks you, as I said before. And I just, I think that's what's kind of give us this mentality. I mean, I look at, I take inspiration from certain certain athletes and, and fighters and stuff like that, and like I, I I see how they deal with it. You know, there's always one yeah. who always stuck in my mind, and it's always Michael Bisping. You know, he come from the UK. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't the he wasn't the strongest guy. He wasn't the heaviest hitter. He wasn't the best wrestler. He wasn't the best grappler, but he was a hard worker, and he never gave up. And and look where it got him in the end. You know, I mean, everything yeah. came together at the right time for him. He took the short notice fight against Rockwold and won the world title in the UFC and. And made millions for 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 his family, you know what I mean. And now he now he's, you know what I mean. He's a legend, and he'll be a legend, yeah. and he'll be, he'll be remembered forever. And and I just think like look at some of the losses he's had. Like people said years ago, he was done when uh, Hendo knocked him out, and it was it's still to this day the most savage knockout in the UFC history. And yeah. to come back from a loss like that, and then especially the further down the line, beat him after a loss like that. I just think like. To, people should uh, really take things from from people like that and and, yeah. and see how they deal with it. And that to me, I, I see I see things like that, and I take it on 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 board myself. And I just think like you just gotta it's rough with the smooth, and especially in a game like MMA, you know, it's like uh, it's unforgiving, and and sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, you can prepare as as good as you want, and you could be the better fighter or whatever. And sometimes on the night, it's just not your night, and it's yeah. not like boxing weight, and sometimes fight 40 cans and be 40 you know and look like you're you're a million dollars you know what i mean it's like mma if you if you if you are truly testing yourself then you will have little slip-ups on the way you know yeah. i mean this khabib's probably the only person who and he's an anomaly you know what i mean and and yeah. even still I, I think if he was to come back he, he will lose eventually you know the, yeah. so it's just it's one of them things it's just taking taking inspiration from people who who, who have been there and done it and i mean like i look at certain people like uh like say for instance, me coach Fisher, he he's had plenty of losses on the wheel, but he's still a he's still world class. You know, me grappling yeah. coach Alice Younger, he he competes all the time and he he wins a lot, but sometimes he gets caught as well. You know, and it's just it's a it's a journey and it's about learning and growing as a as an athlete. And I feel like that's kind of why my mindset's the way it is. And I I just think like obviously a lot of the time when I get these trolls and stuff, seeing like messaging is and, and, and putting it down, it's just one of them things. It's just like. At the end of the day, like the the, the seeing these things because they look at the position I'm in and and could maybe be a bit envious or whatever. I mean, yeah. like I seen Christian Bale said something the other day, and it was like you'll never be criticised by someone who's doing more than you. You'll only be criticised by someone who's doing less. And I thought that was an amazing thing, you know. And it puts yeah, the nail yeah. on the head. Like it, it's right, you know. You only get you only get shit off these trolls because you you're putting yourself on that platform and trying to be someone. I mean, it, I, I mean, no one wants to lose. It's embarrassing, you know. You, putting yourself on the line, you can get knocked out, choked out, you know, stuff like that, you know, you, I, yeah, I'm yeah. putting myself on that, I'm putting myself on the line for, for this to, could possibly, it could happen, you know what I mean? But it's just, it's yeah. part of, part of the game and, and that's why I love it, you know, and that's why there's nothing that can compare to the feeling of, yeah, what, warming up and walking out there in, to have a fight with a, another trained athlete, you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy and every time it's just, it's just a dream, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think um, you said something to me the other day, which I think I was expecting you to say that 
uh, I'll give it a bit of context. You, we, we, me and Nathan were talking about how you deal with a loss. Mm-hmm. And you, so I was expecting you to say, oh, well, you know, I took a few days out and I sort of got my head around it. But your response was, well, I just got in the gym the next morning and started again. Like, that, to, like in, my, in my mind, like, that is like the top level of sort of the, there's that sort of positive mindset in that you just thought, well, I've lost. Okay. It's happened. It's in the past. I can do nothing about it now. Let's just crack on and we'll go again. Like, yeah, that's it for sure. Have, have, you, have you always had that again or, or is that something you've learned over the years? Um, I, I think it's something I've learned over the years. I mean, um, I, I remember when I was younger, I was kind of touched on it the other day. I, I lost a fight that really meant a lot to us back in the day. And I'd, it's something that when you're a young boxer, it's something that all, all the young boxers want to win, you know. And I got myself yeah. to the to the junior year year final, and it was the best of the best. And it, I, I've really worked so hard to get there, and I put my whole life in it. And in my head, there was no other thing that was happening but me winning them the the final, you know. And I, I killed myself, and I lost. I lost a close fight. They were a good kid who had much more than double fights I'd had and I was still really a novice really considering how um, little fights I'd had to get to the final of that and yeah. I boxed a really good kid and I'd, and I, and I, the funny thing was though, I'd actually I'd actually beat the kid in the semi-final so it would actually stop the guy who beat us in the final um, nice. but it's just the way it works sometimes and it styles make fighting and I lost that and I remember sitting in the changing room after I was 16 year old or whatever I was and I was hysterically crying, like just unbelievably crying because people talking us, I couldn't talk to them and it proper bashed me plug in for weeks and I couldn't, it was kind of like, a, it was like depression really. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't think of anything. Going to the gym was the last thing I wanted to do and, and eventually, obviously, I did go back and I fought again and, and just got on with it and I think like experiencing stuff like that from a young age is kind of what like prepared us for later on now, you know what I mean? Like I, lo- I lost yeah. that one then on the on that fight in Italy and I literally the same night I was just like well I, I was over it you know what I mean it was done it was yeah. the the thing I took from it was was I was so happy to finally be back in and had another fight under me belt even though yeah. it was a loss because of the the past year and a half that I'd had of the all the stuff about nearly losing my career and losing my mom and uh, so it was just so good to be back and I wasn't even bothered I mean obviously I was like pissed off about my performance and upset that I'd been caught in something that I shouldn't, I don't believe I should have been caught in, but it happens, you know, it's part of the yeah. game. And so I wasn't even bothered. I was just like, right, it's onto the next one now. And, and I think that is just instilled in us just from dealing with stuff like that from a young age and taking losses front on as a kid, you know what I mean? Obviously when you're, yeah. you're boxing, I know you've got a team, but like, obviously you fight by, you're in the fight by yourself. And if you win, it's it's on you. And if you lose, it's on you, you know? So yeah. I think that's, I think that's really helped us like uh, just dealing with that from a young age. And then, obviously brought us to where I am now. I mean, I've had 41 fights now and just look forward to getting back in again. Yeah. So what? So obviously now you're signed with uh, Bellator. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next step? I mean, are they, have you got any any more uh, fights lined up with them or are you, are you, what's the plan? I, I've, I've got more fights with Bellator. So I think what they're looking to do is they haven't confirmed anything yet, but it's they say in early 2021. So... See, see what they give us there. I mean, I know there was talks of us fighting in America next, um, but obviously I don't know what's going to happen visa-wise now because obviously yeah. all this corona stuff's kicked off because when I last heard, that was just before the first, like, blow up of the whole thing was. So I'm I'm not sure. But as I say, I'm, I mean, fighting in America is a dream of mine, so I'd love to do that. And if that's a 
option, I'll definitely take that against anyone. I'd just be happy to do it. And if it's Europe fighting anywhere in Europe, it's it's cool as well. It just gets us back yeah. in the team. It just means I have a bit of a uh, lesser Christmas, really. <laughs> I think when most people mention MMA, the first thing to think of is UFC. Is yeah. that a, a sort of a pathway that you see yourself going? Because, I mean, I, I'll go behind. I don't know a huge amount about um, Bellator and, and UFC beyond what you see in the news and sort of on social media. Is that is that a, a, a sort of a, a regular pathway that, that fighters will go from Bellator to UFC? Or? Uh, it's kind of like it's... Um... It's kind of one or the other, really. I mean, like right. the kind of the, people always think the UFC is being like the the biggest and the main organization. It's the most well uh, promoted organization, but for sure you can still fight some of the best people in the world in Bellator. Just the same way as you kind of if you go to uh, PFL, uh, Premier Fight League, um, ACA, a big Russian show. There's there's tons of organize uh, one FC in Japan. The rising, there's so many organisations and it's just like other leagues, you know, like same right. as football. I mean, basically, if you look at the UFC, it's kind of, they're kind of like Premier League, you know what I mean? But there's tons of other organisations and people always said, oh, the best fighters are with the UFC. And there's some of the some of the world's best fighters are with the UFC, but there's also some of the world's best fighters elsewhere as well. I yeah. mean, if you look at Bellator, I mean, Eddie Alvarez left Bellator. He was their champion and he let, I don't know if he lost and then he was out of contract and he went to the UFC and he ended up winning the UFC title. Um, yeah. Same as Mike Chandler. Mike Chandler was Bellator champion. He got knocked out by Pitbull. Then he came back and won another fight and the UFC's just signed him and they put him in as the alternate for Justin Gaethje and Khabib. So if one of them got injured, he was going to be the, the yeah. guy fighting, you know. So it just shows you how highly rated the, the, the Bellator guys are. I mean, there's some of the, some of the best, especially in, uh, in my weight division, um, some of the, the 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 best fighters on the planet, you know. I, I feel like yeah. uh, the likes of Juan Archuleta and people like that. I feel like they could beat any of the top bantamweights in in the UFC as well. It's just it's on the night, isn't it? So yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely it's definitely a great organization to be fighting for, and it definitely gives us massive opportunities. And this is where I'm happy to stay in my career. You know, if they're happy to yeah. keep me on, on on with them, I'm happy to stay here. I mean, I get I get trip nice. I get I get paid properly and. And it's, uh, as I say, I, I get good opportunities. I mean, the, the amount of times they've took us to Dublin and places like that. I mean, the flu is out to New York to do a press conference on Times Square. Um, oh, wow. And I was there with some of the biggest names in MMA history. I mean, it was that for me. I was like, uh, I was like getting my, getting my gig on, you know what I mean? I was there with yeah. uh, Fedor Romelli and Anko, and, and he's a legend of the sport. If you've never seen Fedor fight, The Last Emperor, you should check him out. He was... He, he forever will be one of the biggest names, you know, he's the baddest man on the planet. On one time, it was him and Mike Tyson, you know, if you, yeah, if you yeah. watch, watch Fedor back in the pride days, he was murdering people. He was there. There was Mike Chandler was there. There was um, Douglas Lima, Gegard Mousasi, some huge names in MMA were all there. And I got to, got to spend a bit of time with them and do a press conference with them on Times Square, you know, and it's just like, no one else is getting these opportunities, you know what I mean? I'm super, yeah. super lucky, and, and that's why I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm happy to stay. If So if I'm signing a new deal now, see if it was four or five fights or whatever, and have them, if they want to re-sign us, I'd happily stay there because I enjoy being under their roster. Yeah. So, just, I mean, obviously going from the start of the conversation, talking about working class Sunderland to then doing a press conference in New York City, like, <laughs> so, like, does do you think it's the it's the being from Sunderland 
and being working class that keeps you grounded in situations like that. No, hundred percent. Like to me, I was there, and it was like, uh, I was just, it was just one of them things. It was super cool. But as I say, as soon as I come back home, it was just same old thing. You know what I mean? It was like uh, I was like I was like out in South Africa. It was the same thing. There. I was out in South Africa. What along the street, there's kids coming up, they asking for photos, asking for photographs, asking you to give them, sign them stuff and stuff like that. And then I come home and then somebody shouting at us in Tesco and telling us to freaking pick a tin of beans up or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm just, that's one of them things. I just had to take it with a pinch of salt. I mean, it's cool, and but I never really think too much into it, you know. I mean, I've just yeah. been invented on Channel 5 then, probably one of the biggest shows in Europe this year for sure. and and it was just, it is what it is. I thought, and I just didn't feel any different after. I mean, even if yeah. I'd have won, I thought I felt exactly the same. I'm just the same old dude, you know what I mean? I just want to yeah. go home and chill with my mates and train and just do me regular stuff and chill with the kids. Yeah. I'm not really, It's. I think that. I think you're right. I do think that's probably why I'm as grounded as I am and I just get on with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. What was that like? I mean, I know obviously the this whole COVID things kind of impacted everyone, but like, what was that like being the main event on Channel 5 and then being in a, I mean, was the arena empty? Was it, was it? Yeah, it was mad. It was like, um, it was like just another day in the gym, really. It felt like it was like a sparring session. It was weird. Um, yeah. To have all this precautions in place. Like, as I say, like, we're normally fight day, you're in the venue, you're, you're nervous, you're walking around, everyone's got this whole nervous energy. Every, like, you get loads of people who's like really edgy, and it's like, a, it's not really a nice place to be, you know, people's, yeah. it's just a weird tension and everyone's nervous in the fight and everyone's kind of acting the goat and giving it the big one. And I just like to chill out. I like to just, you know, I like to just get in my own little world before fighting. It's weird. Whereas that one there, um, I was in, I was main event. So I was the last one picked up from the hotel um, and they literally just came to the hotel in a minibus for us at quarter past 10 that night. Picked us up, drove us to the venue. I walked out of the van, into the changing room, got my hands wrapped, warmed up. While this was happening, team came in, grabbed all my stuff and put it back in the minibus. I walked out, fought to an empty arena. I mean, there's a couple of guys there, camera crew and a couple of doctors, yeah. but it's an empty arena, really. Uh, left the fight, straight into the medical room, told them I was fine, straight in the minibus and straight back to the hotel, all, like, in and out, crazy. Just, like, uh, it just wasn't really, like... It didn't feel like a fight at all. Even you know yeah. what I mean. It was weird. It was, it was a good experience. It was good. I, I enjoyed the process. It was different, and obviously, it's just another learning curve, isn't it? It's just, uh, just cool. Like, uh, uh, going from obviously fighting in full arenas and full venues where you've got sort of the adrenaline of, of fans screaming and shouting and cheering you on or booing you or whatever, to then literally hearing every slam onto the canvas and every sort of breath and <laughs> like w- was that sort of like in a way quite trippy for you to, I, to hear it, that? it was weird I enjoyed it <laughs> I enjoyed it yeah normally it's like tunnel vision whereas with there I was kind of a lot more present in the more in the moment so when I was talking to my opponent across the cage it was kind of it was real you know what I mean whereas normally it's yeah. like it's kind of like a dream you know it's mad whereas that there yeah. I was like fully in the moment so it was fun and that was feel the kind of the tension and stuff it was it was a mad experience but as i say i'm glad i got the opportunity to do it i mean obviously it was a so many people in this situation now with the lockdown and stuff like that and the coronavirus if people have lost their businesses people are really struggling and i got a chance to to do what i love to do and i love uh, to compete you know in front of yeah. in front of the world on 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 telly is stuff you dream about when you're a kid growing up and i got to do that and got paid well and it means that now 
I'm in a position now where my family's not not struggling while, while a lot of the people in the world are, are not as fortunate, you know. So I'm I'm super yeah. blessed that I got that chance. And it, as I say, even in the loss, that's it. You know, you look at the uh, like the the outside factors, and I got to do what I love, and I got I got paid well for it, and I'm I'm not injured, and I'm straight back in, and I made money when a lot of the world's struggling. So as I say, it was yeah. uh, I'm really lucky that I got that opportunity. And is that the, is that the kind of upbringing? That you've had, like, to to be grateful for things and to, or have you have you kind of got your head around that yourself as you've getting older? Uh, yeah, I feel like I've always kind of kind of been grateful for stuff. You know, I mean, I've had a like, my mum and dad brought us a property. You know, I mean, obviously, my mum was yeah. disabled. My mum had MS since before I was right. born, and uh, obviously, caring for my mum and stuff like that. Kind of always just kind of kind of put that head on my shoulders. You know what I mean? I kind of always had it switched on, and I've always been like kind of kind of grateful for anything I've got or any opportunities you know I'm um I am that kind of person I do I am conscious of, of things like that so it's something I think I've always had from being a young kid like yeah and do you, and do you think sort of I mean I know it's it's still fairly recent but obviously what happened to your mom was was, was horrible but do you think that has knocked you on another level to sort of like, right, I'm not just doing this for me and I'm not just doing this for Sunderland, I'm doing this for my mum and um, you've got some a little bit extra to sort of to, to, to kick on and, and motivate you, do you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's that's when I'm when I'm having a day when I'm fit, obviously I'm lethargic, I'm really low on calories and I'm pushing myself hard so every day I'm not recovering properly and I'm sore and I've had a bad day in the gym. I just think, like, what am I being a little bitch for when realistically like, there's so many people who's in, yeah. having it much worse than me now. I mean, at the end of the day, like, fighting's fun, you know. Like, you, you can see it, whatever you want. Like, for outside, people look at in and think, oh, these these people must be crazy, you know, and doing that to themselves. But it's, yeah. like, literally, it's, like, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're not enjoying something, don't do it. And, and fighting should be fun. I mean, you do it because you enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, then you should get out of it, you know what I mean? And... So fighting. Yeah. So when I have a deal like that, I just think, you know what? I'm so fortunate that this is this is what I'm winching about, rather than some somebody who's got a disability or or somebody who's freaking kids think or something. You know what I mean? So that to me, yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Like fighting's easy. It is so easy, and it's 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 supposed to be fun, and and that's what it is. It's essentially the easiest job in the world, really. I mean, obviously yeah. it's hard. You're pushing yourself and stuff like that, and dealing with anxiety and, and, and the kind of pressure you put on yourself and the pressure of having to fight someone in front of a crowd and that. But at the end of the day, it is. It's fun, and, and there's so many people worse off and uh, or in jobs that they hate, you know, even that, even that motivates yeah. us, you know. Like, I'm fortunate to do something that I enjoy doing. I get to go to the gym on the morning and, and see people, like-minded people who are... And we have a laugh and we're training, we're all on the same mission and, and, and that's fun. So I, I'm super blessed to have that as well. So that's kind of what motivates us as well. You know, I want I yeah. want to have this life and I want to have a legacy and I want to show people that it's not just a daydream. Like if you truly believe in what you can do, regardless of where you're from, like if you're from Sunderland or whatever and you don't think there's a there's a way to do it, there is. And it's the proof's in the pudding. You're just going to work hard and, and open, open doors for yourself, take chances. And that's yeah. what I believe I've done. You know, I thought... Fought Nathan yeah. Grayson when I pretty much had one arm. My arm was ruined, and I fought him. He's an absolute knockout merchant. And look at the beat I had to get through to, to win that fight, and look what it did for me. That set us up massively, yeah. and that was just by taking a chance. You know, he was number one in Europe at the time. He was Cage Warriors world champion, and he was knocking kids out left, right, and centre. And I took that fight as an opportunity, and and it and I won, and and that lined us up for that last fight that I had there. And it's just all about taking chances and believing in yourself, and and that's why I want to 
create a legacy for myself, not just for my family, yeah. but just to, as I said earlier, just to create openings for other kids from where I'm from uh, to come through and see there is a pathway to, to, to doing something if you if you're in sport or if you're in MMA more more specifically, um, to see there's an opportunity to make something of yourself. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying about the taking. Well, not so much taking, but creating opportunities for yourself. I think there's a lot of people, and you know, I I didn't have a bad childhood, but I grew up with kids who did, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people will be quick to jump and say that. I was never given the opportunity or, mm. uh, you know, because of this or because of my upbringing, I never had that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that ability to go, well, actually, do you know what it is? In 2020, we have that much available to us, mm-hmm. whether it's social media, the mm-hmm. internet, whether it's help from support from other people to create your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, like, I mean, I think it was, was it Michael Jordan who said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take? Yeah, exactly. That's like, a true thing. I love that quote. I, it is. It's amazing. It's, do you know what I mean? It's so right. Like, I think it, it's, if, I mean, if, if you, when at that moment, whenever that was, when you were younger, um, somebody said to you, like, you can't do this because of where you come from. Mm-hmm. Like at, at that point, I think people would either go one of two ways. They'd either buy it mm-hmm. and go, oh, well, okay, that must be true. I'm from Sunderland. I'm never going to amount to anything. Let's just get a job at Nissan mm-hmm. uh, like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to just really go for it and not listen to you and not listen to anyone and block out all of the negativity and just go for it hook, line and sinker. Like if, if you were to give advice to to any kids coming up do you think that would be it or would would you would you say something else to them um well yeah that's it i mean i the advice i would give is if you truly believe that you can make something happen regardless of what people say then i think you should do it and even if it's even if people are telling you not and the thing what you will find as well is the people closest to you are usually the ones who are the ones who try and swerve you against what you believe in the most i mean i yeah there's people really close to me who I know for a fact when, when I was talking about leaving work and stuff like that were completely against it and thought yeah. of as a certain way and put me in a certain light and probably thought I was ir- like irresponsible because I had a I had my daughter at the time and stuff like that and yeah. and I did put our family in a in a really bad place. I I it was selfish and 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 it, and it did put us in a really bad place financially and it caused a lot of problems for us. But like I just truly believed that I could do it and and that was selfishly that was what what I had my mindset on you know and I just thought well yeah a few years of struggle now will not be it'll not be ideal at all and it will be horrible and we've had some horrible fights over it but at the end it has kind of paid off I mean I'm on the brink of yeah. buying us our first house I mean we've rented for a long time now and we're through fighting for Bellator in a position of um, I'm about to buy my first house and and things are looking all right for us you know and it's just like and, yeah. and it's just it is it, it is good to see you know and it's it's Sometimes I look back and I think, you know what, like taking them chances and just believing in myself is is what's brought us here. And it's kind of yeah. like law of attraction. You know, I've always believed. And even from being a kid in in my head of, I don't know, some people could, I could, could think I was delusional or what, but I see 
people's fighting that's all I do I, I like to study I like to study and as I said earlier I'm yeah. not an academic but with with something I, I'm involved in and something I like I will break it down and I do believe I've got a good mind for it and a good eye and I look at these fights and then I look at these top guys and I've always thought even since I was a kid I've always thought like I could break down that style and, and beat that person and I still think now yeah. even just having that mindset is what's creating more opportunities for us I mean even in that loss there I lost there and if I get a good name next in it, one good win, you know, I always just think you won one or two good wins away from ch- completely changing your, your stars, yeah, essentially, yeah. you know what I mean? In any sport, you only, yeah. if you take a chance, I mean, there's, look at look throughout history, look at Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson, look at the likes of that, you know, yeah. you, you you always, you're one opportunity away from changing your whole stars, so that, for me, that's all it yeah. takes, you know, and especially in the fighting game, you you yeah, one horse in a two horse race, really, you know what I mean? You've got anybody's yeah. chance, so it's just like, why not believe in yourself and why not just apply yourself and, and take a chance? And if that's, as you said earlier about school kids coming up, if, if that's what they think they're going to um, excel in and that's what they're going to do good in, then then why not give it yeah. your best shot? Because at, at the end of the day, there's there's everyone's different for a reason, you know, and not everyone is going to yeah, yeah. If you get told that you need to do a certain kind of routine and structure, that it's impossible for that to work for everyone. So if everyone's told you need yeah. to do this in school, you need to do this to succeed in life, you need to do this, then the proof's in the pudding, you know, not everybody's built the same, so not everyone's going to get the same results from it. So if you truly believe in yourself and, and do think that you're built for something else, then give it a shot, you know what I mean? Why not? And what, yeah. at the end of the day, if you feel, you feel anyway, you know, at least you took a chance. I mean, who was it that says feel, uh, at least was it uh, Phil Darrenly, uh, who was the the quote? I can't remember, but it's amazing. Oh, man, yeah, I, uh, there's quite a, there's quite a lot of um, which funny you should mention that actually. There's quite a lot of um, motivational quotes, obviously on Instagram. You see hundreds of them a day, and what like a lot of them, the ones that kind of get me um, are the ones that talk about failure. Mm-hmm. Like it's so easy in this day and age to fail at something, whether it's fail at a business, or lose a fight, mm-hmm. uh, lose a job lose a relationship or whatever and like it, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the negativity around it mm-hmm. um rather than looking and going like okay that's happened again like yourself it's in the past can't do anything about it um learn from it and make sure that doesn't happen again like and i suppose that ties in what you were saying there about sort of one once you've you've had a fight you move on and then it's the next camp and then you focus on this guy and you focus on the things that you did right in your last match and wrong mm-hmm. and you learn from it and each as each fight goes on whether that is a you know a fight with with Balator for you whether it's a you know the, the stress of going for a promotion or something at work or whatever like learning from what you've done right and wrong in the past like for me that's that's the key like would, would you agree with that would you say that that learning from your mistakes is is important for sure um obviously it's it's unfortunate as it is like obviously uh a failure is how you learn and how you get better you know it's the same and yeah. same is, is to refer back to fighting it's the same way you know you you have a fight and you win but you, you're not really i mean it's good obviously yeah, winning's awesome and everyone wants to win but you do learn more from your losses and it's a true thing you know if you if you win a fight, so say you go in for an instance and you go in and you knock somebody out or you submit them straight away, you're not, you're not taking anything back from that fight other than the fact that you're just progressing on. Whereas if you go in, you have a hard fight with somebody, so you keep getting taken down with something, that's counteracting something, you, you go you go back to the gym, right, how was I getting taken down with this? Right, so this is what I need to do to defend against that. Say, for instance, my fight there, uh, I got taken down off a double leg when I threw a kick. 
I was on my back. Right. I had butterfly guard, and in my, I, 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 I truly believe I would grapple with James. I feel like if I have the fight again, I would grapple with him for sure. And instead, I kicked his hips off, and I thought I had more space to do a technical stand up. I did a technical stand up. He was half on my back, and I had options I could have done there. I could have tried to stay on my feet to defend the hands. Then instead, I went to the ground and tried to break the grips from there. And that's what led to him getting me back and getting a body triangle, which is a hard position to get out of, which eventually led yeah. to the submission, which is. It's just a game of chess. You know, as I say, I grapple every single day. And these are positions that I'm in day in, day out. You know what I mean? And these are things in fight in a fight, you go off reactions. And obviously, I reacted wrong there. So that's something you take away. Go back to the gym, right? What did I do wrong there? What can I do better? Going ahead, what am I going to do better? And as I say, in a loss, you learn more from it. And, and I've took something from that. Same as when I lost for, for the world title, South Africa. I had a horrible cut, uh, cut there. Um couldn't cut weight properly. There's no, there was a water shortage in South Africa, so there was no hot baths or saunas. So I had to work all the weight off, and I went in the fight absolutely drained, exhausted, and I got my head kicked in for pretty much five five minute rounds, and yeah. constantly got up though, constantly scrambled, always in stayed safe, always did what I could to stay in the fight. I was never out of the fight. It was just I was getting ground out, so I took a lot from that. In the loss, I knew I needed to get a nutritionist on board, and which I did from there, and then the rest is history. And I've had amazing cuts since then. So you always take something from a loss it's the same in work same as in in the call center as you see you know have a failure have a bad day someone talks to you like shit it can put you in a certain mood to make you it can spoil your whole week and if obviously if you yeah. let that come come into your into your mind and change your thought process then then it is going to control you and if you you know what i mean if you can brush it off and you can just think right well watch me goals or watch me ambitions or watch me targets right that one person's comment Get out, get that out of my head, you know what I mean, and straight back onto what I want to do. You yeah. know, it's the same same as me. I mean, if I could have showed some people some of the messages I got the morning after losing that fight, they wouldn't have believed it. The amount of people, I mean, didn't get us wrong. I had amazing support and loads of lovely messages, but as I said before, for every hundred of them, I had ten absolutely disgusting ones, horrible stuff, saying horrible really? stuff. Oh, horrible stuff. Um, I've had it before when I've lost as well. People just bitter, bitter, jealous people. You know, I. You, you shit, you need to quit, or you, you've lost this and that, or you, you've taken a nap and whatever, you know, just saying all sorts of mad stuff, showing us their betting slips that they'd bet money on. I had one person saying that they'd lost their rent because of us, and I was shit, and I, you know, just stuff like that. And it's like, people haven't got a clue, you know what I mean? Just, it, it, yeah. and it's like, whatever, man, you know, and obviously seeing like, like even people lose me friends, you know, some of them showing us their betting slips, what they'd lost money on us, and telling us how much they'd. Thing in, it's like, well, at the end of the day, you're not you're not bothered about me. You're not bothered about me winning. You're bothered about the fact that you never won money and that it cost you money. You know, you wouldn't if you were bothered about uh, me, you would think about my feelings and take that into consideration before even doing that. You know, and it's just it's stuff like that that you've got to just prepare for and 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 tell yourself that that's a possibility. I do the same thing before a fight. I tell myself there's a possibility that I'm going to get knocked out. There's a possibility that I'm going to get submitted. It's just, you've got to, you've got to take that on board, right? How am I going to deal with that? Right. I'm going to right. this is what I'm going to do. I believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to implement this. So this doesn't happen. And you give it your best shot. It's the same in work, you know, on the phones, whatever. You, you've got to accept the fact that people are going to be dicks to you and they are going to say certain things to you. It's just human nature. You know, some people just yeah. act before the thing and it's about, how to deal with getting over that and, and moving forward against it, you know what I mean? Well, you mentioned a word before, which I, I really like when people focus on this, but you mentioned legacy. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, we're having this conversation in 10, 15, 20 years' time. You've, you've Gloves are well and truly hung up now, and you you know kids are up and, and whatnot. 
what would you, if if you could write your own career sort of summary, where, where would it end? What what would be the pinnacle, or what would you like the pinnacle to be for your career? Um, I'd love the pinnacle for me of my career to see that. I mean, don't get us wrong, love to fight for a, another world title. You know, if I would fight for the belt or title yeah. in my career, that would be amazing, especially from being from here. You know, it's not something that anyone's done from Sunderland, you know, uh, in a, a world class, like obviously Bellator UFC, fighting for the, the title would be amazing. Um, I mean, if I'd have beat James there, I was probably only one more win away from fighting for the belt. So I've, I know there's a route there yeah. to doing it. So I could say that would be an amazing thing. But I just want to be known as someone uh, in my legacy who, fought all over the world, you know, there's places on my list, I want to fight in New York, I want to fight in Japan, I want to fight Russia if I could, Brazil, all these places, and I just want to have took the hardest fight to, and when it's all said and done, it'd be someone who people can see, you know what, like, he's from here, and he actually really had a go of it, you know, win or loss, he, he just went yeah. and did it, and I just want to be, I want to be, I want to be a world-known MMA name, you know, like, that's that's what I see, I see, I see yeah. fighters from all over the world, and I want to. I want to be recognised for that. I want to be recognised as a martial artist, not just a fighter, as a, as a martial artist who, yeah. who was just someone who just worked hard and same as Bisfin, you know, just someone who took chances and truly worked hard and believed in himself. And and that's all I want. I just want a legacy. Is that as a hard worker and a fighter who took chances and that's what I want to be known as. Definitely, that's the legacy I want. Just to have the toughest fights and to have some good names on my record when it's all said and done. I mean, I believe I've got a good. And I mean, I'm only 29 now. I'd see another six solid years of fighting the best people available. So why not? Why not fight them yeah. all and try and do what I can? You know, and, yeah, and, yeah. Until it's all said and done, and then I would love to uh, step into the coaching side, maybe for instance, or even just do what I did before and do some kids classes or something like that, and just get all these yeah. experiences to to help other people and to learn from them, you know, and just to be able to share my experiences and what I've learned through just me putting myself on on the kind of platform to do it so that's what I want just to uh, share my experiences when it's all said and done well we'll get a date in the diary for about 10 years and then we'll have another <laughs> conversation and we'll see, we'll see how your prediction worked out <laughs> right listen, Carl, <laughs> listen mate I really really appreciate your time I'm sure we could have gone into far more stories mm. and I think honestly I said I said this the other day I think you need to launch your own podcast <sighs> because some of the stories some of the stories that you you shared with me and Nathan the other day, like would I think it would appeal to a lot of MMA enthusiasts, but a lot of, as you say, martial arts, um, all the various disciplines of uh, of, um, of of MMA, but also people from Sunderland who want to hear stories about a guy from Sunderland who has travelled the world, and you know what I mean. It's like it's 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 I, I definitely think you should do it. Like, and as I say, you've got my you've got my help and you've got my support, mate, because uh, I think that's a, it's a certainly it's a podcast loud isn't it? So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to have a few more uh, conversations about that. But listen, mate, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate Anytime, it. Anytime, Phil. Uh, mate, we'll get, get a coffee. And we'll, uh, we'll get one set up, and we'll start working out. Yes, to do it, mate, for sure. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, mate. Well, listen, mate, thank you very much for your time, mate. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you in a bit and uh, enjoy the rest. You of You too, day. brother. Thank you, Phil, mate. Cheers, mate. Take care, mate.